This week on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation, father and son, Jim and Tucker Mall, talk about handing on the faith. Why is it important for fathers to hand on the faith to their children? We'll answer this and more. Jim and Tucker are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. All right, so we want to continue with our guest, uh, Jim Mall, but we want to add his son, Tucker, into this mix. So welcome, Tucker. Thank you. So good to have you here. All right, so we're going to do um, this. This section is going to be called Handing on the Faith. The introduction is Jim Mall is the president of Senior Insurance Solutions, and Tucker, his son, works for Senior Insurance Solutions. Jim is married to Sue, and they enjoy five grandchildren, four of which belong to Tucker and his wife, Jill. Both families are involved in various ministries at St. Joseph Church in Hayes. So, Jim... Tell us your journey to becoming a Catholic. We're going to jump right in because we know we only have a little bit of time. So we're talking with, with Jim Mall about his journey to becoming a Catholic. Well, maybe we should let, have your story since you're a convert too. Ah, right? so. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm nothing, nothing fun, was, so let's go. I was raised in a Lutheran church, um, and in fact, my, uh, my parents, we moved here in, in the early 60s. My parents actually bought the funeral home that uh, you just announced that Kyle and, and his wife are, are donating the book. But uh, yeah, we came to Hayes as funeral directors uh, in the Lutheran Church. And of course, Hayes is a very strong Catholic community. And so uh, growing up around Catholics, most of my friends were Catholics. Um, we made fun of them. You know, we couldn't figure out why they ate fish every Friday, Yeah. why they had to go to confession every Saturday morning before they could come play baseball with us or football. And so it was just like I, I was never interested in it and was never intrigued with it. Yeah. And since, you know, we have a lot of Catholics around here, um, ironically and, and thankfully, I started dating a beautiful Catholic mm. girl in high school. Mm. And it was interesting because my mom, my dad wasn't real involved in our church. He would go when he could due to his work. He couldn't always go. But my mom was a very, very devout Lutheran, as her mother was. And um, they told us, you know, Catholics were not good people. And it was interesting because my mom talked the faith and, and she talked a lot about, you know, Jesus, but her actions didn't really play that out. And it, it kind of, in, you know, as I got older and, and watched different people and different uh, religions and things, uh, it, it just didn't make sense to me. And then when I started dating my wife and I got to know her family and they were all Catholics and even though my mom and grandma said Catholics weren't good people, I'm thinking, these are some really good people. Mm-hmm. And the thing that kept coming to my mind was there was a song we sang in Sunday school all the time that says, you will know they're Christians by their love. Mm. And that song kept ringing in my mind as I would be, ar- be around yeah. Sue and her, and her mom and her brothers and, her, and even the extended family, aunts and uncles and cousins. And I just kept thinking, these aren't that bad of people. But, of course, I was in love with my wife, not her church. Um, and so as we planned to get married and we went through what they called pre-cana back then, I think it's called marriage preparation now, mm. the priest kept pumping me and said, are you going to join the church? And I said, do I need to? I mm. said, if I need to join a church to marry this girl, I will, because mm. I, I didn't care what it was going to take. I'm marrying this girl. And they said, no, no, but we think it's very, it's, it would be a really good idea if you would raise your family um, as a Catholic unit. And yeah. I said, okay, I'll make you the promise. I'll join the church after we start having children. Because I thought, I got too much going on right now. I'm getting married. You know, I'm, I'm starting this whole new life. I don't need any extra things. And so, and 
fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know, it was six years before Tucker was born. So I had six more years to put it off. Yeah. And then, you know, I still drug my feet because I'm thinking, I don't need to have all this Catholic doctrine shoved down my throat. Yeah. You know, just I, I got all that in the Lutheran church. I don't need it again in the Catholic church because Martin Luther was a Catholic. And so it's a lot pretty close. But anyway, um, I drug my feet long enough that when our daughter was born. My wife was carrying our daughter in the spring of 1990 was when I finally joined the church. So I started in the fall of 89. I went through RCIA, the greatest experience of my life. Mm -hmm. I tell anybody, go through RCIA if you have an opportunity. Cause it, and it, Father Dan Sheets was our priest at St. Nicholas. And he came in, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get doctrine. We're going to learn to memorize all these things. And he laid the, the, laid the Bible in, in the middle of the table and said, this is our workbook. There was nine of us in class. Many of us are still good friends to this day. And he said, I'm going to lay, uh, we're going to read the scripture for this coming Sunday's gospel. And he went around the room and said, what's that mean to you? What's that mean to you? What's that mean to you? And we talked about it, what it meant to us. And he said, here's what it means to the Catholic church. Mm. And that's how we learned about the Catholic church over wow. nine months. Wow. And I slowly, gradually just fell in love with the church and obviously due to my family and then the people that have been in their lives, the priests, as they were servers, both my son and my daughter, they attended uh, what was St. Joseph's grade school and then became Holy Family Elementary and then Thomas More Prep. You know, just the people that were around their lives that had these beautiful Catholic lives, um, I, I just fell in love with the church. And, and it's amazing the rewards that I've received from the Catholic faith, never expecting it just because I fell in love with a wonderful Catholic woman. Yeah, yeah. That's how I became Catholic, and I That's couldn't beautiful. be happier. Thank what you. A, what a beautiful thing. And, and uh, you know, part of the, the fruit of that, that union of you and your wife is, um, and, you know, is the, the fruit is you became Catholic, mm -hmm. but we also have Tucker, who is part of the fruit of that. So so uh, welcome again. We're, we're so glad that you're here. So um, Jim and or Tucker, either one, why is it important to hand on the faith to your children and grandchildren? Tucker, remind me, you have four, right? I, I four do children. have four, yes. You want to name them so they hear their name. They're probably <laughs> listening to Dad, sure. right? Yeah. Sperry is 10. Um, Tracer is going to turn eight here this weekend. Um, Kimber will turn six here in a couple months. And then uh, Grady is one. Nice. And so he's our new addition. But uh, I just wanted to go off what my dad was, was talking about because yeah. I know a lot of times uh, Catholics will say something like, why are why are converts so much better at the faith than mm -hmm. us cradle Catholics. Oh. And, and I, I always have such a, a good answer for that because I was raised in a, in a home with my mom being a cradle Catholic and my dad being a convert. I was, was raised with this uh, dynamic duo as, as I refer to them, uh, that I have my mom who has blind faith, basically, you know, we believe it because that's what my my grandma her mom uh said to do and that's what her mom before and you know it's just it's a given yeah. and then i have my dad who says why yeah. and who's read the bible cover to cover front backwards middle out 17 different times which most cradle catholics have never done yeah. uh, including myself and um and he's studied it and he's figured out why mm -hmm. and so i get this this amazing uh, bookends of, of the two ways to do it. And, yeah. and like you said, I'm the, the fruit of that, that beautiful union. Yeah. And uh, I, I thank God for it every day, but uh, I am the, the priest of the family and the, the leader, especially mm -hmm. spiritually. And um, I 
I take a big responsibility in in guiding my children uh, towards the faith, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, so um, you know, I want you to tell me a little bit more about you know that that head head of the household that that you were referring to because I think that's that's such an important important topic that that I think. You know, I know I failed at it. I'm still not perfect at it. I'm, you know, but but letting my husband be the head, right, and getting out <laughs> of the way, I am still not perfect of, at that. And and uh, you know, maybe later if we have time, I'll, I'll share a story about that, about something that really cemented it in my mind. But I want to hear what you have to say about this. Well, I'm I'm blessed and I'm fortunate that many days I I get to pick up my kids from school. And uh, yesterday. You know, this is just a, a perfect example that uh, the Lord put something right in front of me. But uh, yesterday when I picked the kids up from school, um, they were less than uh, nice to each other, I guess. Uh, they were giving their little sister a hard time and saying some rude things to her. And, you know, uh, a lot of times I'll just yell at them and say, hey, you know, cut that out. But I just kind of bided my time and we got home and then um i i bought a subscription to the magnificat a couple years ago one of the best investments i've made in a long time i gifted one to to my dad and it's amazing love it but yesterday evening's uh reading was from the uh the book of ephesians i'll rattle it off at you here real quick Mm -hmm. um ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32 all bitterness fury Anger, shouting, reviling must be removed from you, along with all malice, and be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. And uh, I read that right before bed last night, and, uh, and I, uh, I said, hey. I know who needs to hear this in the morning mm-hmm. at the breakfast table. Mm-hmm. And so this morning I said, hey, do you remember getting in the car after school last yesterday? And you, you all were a little rude. Yeah. Here's what, uh, here's what Paul said to the Ephesians. Yeah. And uh, you, there's some big words in there. My, my oldest is 10, and I still don't know if, if she knows what malice is, but that's fine. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's walking them through that and say, hey, if you can't treat your brothers and sisters in, in this household well, how are you going to treat other people, yeah. you know, strangers and, and soon to be friends with love and compassion? Mm-hmm. So let, let's get that, that negative stuff out of, out of our family. Yeah. And often that's the hardest place to really, to really show the, the compassion and the virtues is in our own family. That's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's much easier, I think, to do it for others than sure. it is sometimes in our own family. You know, so yeah. so you know what a what a beautiful scripture verse to to bring in there, and and a great lesson for your children. Good job, Dad. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just wonderful how the Holy Spirit says, uh, "Be quiet right now. Don't worry, I got you later." Yeah. And then it, I just connected the dots to say this this needs to be shown to them. Yeah, awesome, awesome, and and really listening. Listen, that's part of being quiet. You know, bringing scripture into into your life and and letting the Lord speak to you. So. So good job. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, um, Jim, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Well, I unfortunately, I mean, God, you mentioned that, you know, you've had you've struggled with giving your husband complete reign and things. But biblically, you know, God said the man is the head of the household. Mm-hmm. Society says, nah, we'll, we'll change that a little bit or you will tweak it here and there. And, and so it's a difficult role 
but it's an important role. And I think a lot of dads, uh, and, and mine was one of them. My, my parents divorced when I was about 12. My dad just packed up and moved 3,000 miles away and said, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, was, it was a difficult time, but it was also one of the greatest blessings for all of us because it forced us to become you know, strong leaders in our families, in our own lives. Mm-hmm. But biblically, the father is the head of the household, and it's difficult for some women to step back. Fortunately, I married a woman that said, you, t- you know, you take care of this. And, and we do have a division of, of labor in our home, and, and fortunately, she loves children. She loves grandchildren. I'm good with them for an hour or so, and then, you know, that's enough. She can be with them all day long, and, and that's wonderful. I love working. I love being busy. I love building things. I, love, I loved my job. I loved, you know, making the money and paying the bills. And so um, it's just important, but I think, you know, the, the, the topic is handing on the faith, and I don't think you hand it on. Uh, leadership is taught through um, actions. You know, Tucker, and I'm very proud of my son, obviously, he's very involved in his family and his church and everything, mm-hmm. but he learned it from watching us, you know, raise them. And, and so it's something, but in the next breath, he also has to have a wife that's going to say, yeah, Tucker, you can go ahead and be the leader. Or you can go ahead and, you know, so there's not any, you know, fighting going on amongst mom and dad saying, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're not doing that. And so I don't know if it's just faith formation. It's just formation in general that there has to be a hierarchy in the home and not everybody likes to have, and it, and you know, it's a, it's a diplomacy, but it's also, you know, a hierarchy. It, it's also a king and queen scenario um, that not everybody likes to, to allow, yeah. but it's also a responsibility that we have to accept. Yeah. And that's difficult too. And so it's something that I don't think you're hand, we're not we're not handing on this faith. We're basically it says the faith formation of our children, and that's what it is. We're forming these children to be, you know, better people and, and better Christians. And, and you know, you ask why is it important to hand on the faith? Um, if we don't do it, who will? Yeah. You know, they're not learning in a school. Um, I mean, they're learning it in the Catholic school, but the public school is not teaching anything about faith and and our society is definitely not teaching anything about faith and so if we don't get it from the home and and from the parents there's a pretty good chance they're not going to get it period yeah yeah i i i i would agree with that that's um you know i think though you know when we talk about i think when we talk about the the husband as the head of the household i think we're going to the scripture verse i won't get it exactly correct but it's where it, you know it says wives be submissive to your husbands husbands you know um they they have to die right they have to die you know because christ died for the church and i'm not exactly sure how that wording is you know i often tell my husband you know you do your job right it makes my job easy you know when 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 you aren't doing that Mm -hmm. then then that's when it's it's more difficult it's pretty easy for you to be submissive to someone who's dying for you right exactly (laughs) exactly so i really think he has the harder part at the same time, I think it's really important that they are a team and they are working side by side. I had a, a bishop one time um, who shared with my husband and I that, um, you know, if you have an important decision to make and you have, you know, go ahead and you have time, pray, pray a novena, you know, and, and you know, discuss it first, discuss the decision, then pray and don't discuss it. Just pray together for, for nine days and then come back and discuss it again. If, if you're in agreement, then you know what God's will is in that situation. If you're not, pray some more if you have time. If not, then it's up to the husband as the head of the household to make that decision because he's given that grace as the husband. You know, and, and I said I'd share a story. I'll make it very quick. I was I was in labor. My son, it was my, my eighth son. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you what, it was rough. And 
they just could not, you know, they, they were a little worried and, and all of that. Long story short, he said, I, the doctor said, I can make a case for having, having a C-section or I cannot. And I finally looked at my husband and said, I can make a case either way, too. So, you know, you're given the grace um, as the head of the household to go out in the hallway, pray to St. Joseph. You know, this is what I'd like to have. And, and he was in agreement. So he went out. He came back in. He said, it's easy for me to say, but I think you're supposed to have a C-section. When Mark was born, he had the cord wrapped around his ankle twice and his neck twice. Wow. Oh if gosh. we would have continued, he wouldn't have made it. Sure, and, sure. and so, you know, it, it, for me, that was a real statement that, that, yes, he is given a lot of grace as the head of the household, and, and we really need to honor that. So, you have eight boys? I have five boys, three girls. Mark is now in seminary, so oh, wow. pretty oh, exciting. Awesome. He's my second one. My first one discerned out, so who knows what Mark will do. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's a, a, a grace-filled thing. My first son and my last son are the two that, that chose to, cool. to see if, if seminary of priesthood was for them. So anyway, but it was Mark who well, had that cord, and, and then here he is in seminary. Mm. What a beautiful and thing. Tuesday is the Feast of St. Mark. So. There, yeah, we there just passed it. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I talked to him Monday night and, and said, I'm probably not going to be calling you tomorrow, but but happy feast day. So, um, yeah, and it's hard, you know, seminary, he doesn't get a phone. So, you know, it's kind of hard to, to get in touch with them, you know, on the road. So, um, yeah, anyway, but but yeah, just pass that, that feast of St. Mark. So, all right. So, again, you know, I'm talking about too much about me. Sorry about that. <laughs> Jim and Tucker Mall, <laughs> we are talking about handing on the faith. So can you give us an example of or tell an incident of how your fathers or mothers demonstrated their faith by their actions? We're going to start with Tucker because, uh, you know, he's got his dad <laughs> sitting here. So so we'll let him go first. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I, I listened in on, on my drive in here um, and I didn't want to retell any stories that uh, – that my my dad had already told, um, but <laughs> it's it's a blessing that uh, that we get to live so close um, to each other in the same town. Uh, we actually live about seven miles from each other out in the country, nice. and um, one of the one of the great things of of living in the country are those uh, innocent backseat questions that you get from the kids um, on the drive to and from, you know, a, a five minute drive home from school. If you live in town, uh, many times doesn't elicit those those questions or those opportunities. And so I myself had those same talks with my parents uh, since we lived in the country. They still live in the house that we moved to when I was three years old. And so we had we call them dirt road conversations and um I get to have those same conversations with with my kids now, um, but mm. I know I don't I don't think you told this story, but uh, it's a it's a stewardship story of of when we went to um, Disney World, and uh, you can fill in the blanks here because he's I've heard this story more times than I've told it, uh, <laughs> but uh, we had a a Disney trip planned yeah. and it was in conjunction with one of our insurance trips and um it was the insurance trip wasn't at disney um we were just in california so we thought we'd kind of double dip while we're out there yeah. and we uh were checking in and and they said we don't have your room ready uh -oh. 
the the people who were in our room won't leave. And so they were apologetic, of course, and and but they had no room for us. And yeah. so they put us up in the Marriott or something like that nice. across the street. But it was it was good enough. Yeah. And uh we had a great time. They gave us uh, front of the line passes and things like that to apologize and stuff. And um, we had a great time. It was a week, not even maybe five days, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, they slide your bill under the door at the end. And uh, my dad goes, this is weird. It's all zeros. Mm. And so he went down to the front desk and, and uh, talked to him. And he said, Mr. Mall, this is uh, I'm going to probably tear up. So you might have to because it's just. It's just a testament of, of the Holy Spirit at work when you tithe, when you do stewardship, when you are are at work in in your life. God will just repay you. And he said, Mr. Mall, when you checked in, you were so gracious and so easygoing. It was easy for us to just wipe the slate clean. And I hope you had a good time at mm-hmm. Disney. And mm-hmm. and there's no there's nothing to do. Have a good day. Wow. Wow. You know, so. you can't outgive God, can you? You know, <laughs> and it comes in, in, you know, special things like that or just, you know, just a, a conversation, somebody saying thank you or, or whatever. You know, we, it, you know, God gives back to us in so many different ways. Yeah. That's yeah. really beautiful. I think it was on that same trip was that when uh, there was a huge storm and everybody ran away mm-hmm. and us being from Kansas went we we enjoy storms, <laughs> yeah. and so we were on a ride, and then we got off that ride, and there was nobody in line, so we got to go back on the ride, <laughs> and we're like, ah, this is just a storm. We're used to these at home, so we yeah. just we yeah, got to go like, over yeah. and over and over again, and we're going, where did everybody go? It's just a little rain, no yeah. big deal. Yeah. And so even just a little blessing like that was like yeah. God saying, oh, don't worry, I'll clear the lines for you. You guys have a good time. So. Awesome. Love it. Love it. No lightning. Let's go, right? Here <laughs> yeah. we go. That's awesome. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. We'll be right back with more from father and son, Jim and Tucker Mall on Handing on the Faith. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation on Divine Mercy Radio. One body, one body, stewarding God's creation. Handing on the faith. One body, one body. Jim and Tucker Mall. One body, stewarding God's creation. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. All right, so so Jim, what would you like to to add to all of that? Well, I again, I, I have to go back to um, <clears throat> to Sue's family and and Arlen and Marietta, and they'll attest to this. The, they, yeah. They're neighbors of my oh, nice. of my wife and, and her mother, and of course, this was back when um, I, we call it front porch visiting, as you go out every evening and. and sit on the front porch and then the neighbors would come over you'd go over there and and Arlen and Marietta were across the street and down the block a ways and so nice. uh, and and that whole block is still a very vibrant block of, of people that that helped raise these children and, yeah. and my wife was one of them but yeah. um, again I, I just you know there isn't a specific incident but um, I, I watch Sue's family demonstrate their faith 
by their actions. And, and that's so important, I think. Uh, and it's little things every day, as Tucker was talking about, you know, the drives home and the little visits you have. And I remember one time we were filling gas and, and I've always just paid cash for our gas. And, and we were at one of the quick shops and, and he was with me and the lady counted back the change and I counted it real quick. And I said, just a minute, ma'am. And, you know, you did that incorrectly. And I gave her some money back and, and, you know, he didn't say anything, but it's just something that he, you know, picked up on later in life that you know, he still remembered it later. And, and he said, you know, you could have just pocketed that money. I said, well, sure you could, mm. but that's not the right thing to do. And, and so as we do the right thing all the time, not all the time, but most of yeah. the time, yeah. you know, those actions show our children and our grandchildren how they're supposed to react. And as, as Tucker's saying, you know, I get as frustrated with his kids as, as he does when they're in the backseat yelling and screaming, and, and I don't have the patience that he does, or I don't definitely have the patience my wife has because I'll <laughs> throttle them immediately because it just drives me crazy when they're back there yelling and screaming and fighting, and it's just like, yeah. no, we don't need to do that. Um, but the action, the, the things that we do, and this is something that um, – <laughs> The people that go to St. Joseph's Church at 7.30 on Sunday mornings know that the malls are in this pew, and it started out with Jim and Sue and her mom, and then it became Jim and Sue and Tucker and Maddie, and then, you know, just got bigger. Now we've got 11 people in this pew, and it's, you know, 10 years old down to, and my daughter has a one-year-old, so we have two one-year-olds in that pew. It's active. And, That's and awesome. But they know, you know, if you don't want to be around this noise and this chaos, go sit somewhere else in church. You know, thanks. But, you know, we're not, not going to bring them. Tucker was born on a Friday, emergency cesarean, you yeah. know, kind of what you went through. Um, we didn't go to I – don't, I don't remember if I went to church that Sunday. I probably didn't because I wasn't a, a member yet or a, or a Catholic yet. But I guarantee you the following Sunday he was in Mass. Yeah. And he can probably count on one hand how many times he hasn't been in Mass since then we're talking 35 and a half years ago yeah. and it was just something that we did because that's what sue's mom did and we we continue to do it now i i listen to his children uh kind of complain about mass you know sperry's a server and i said oh i have to serve i said no honey you get to serve yeah. i said that's the coolest place to be up there i said you you know you can kind of you know just watch the priest and the priest takes care of you and and so it's something and i don't know when it transitions to when you know tucker and, and our daughter madison uh when they i don't know they never really said oh i don't want to go to church whatever it wasn't an option yeah. in our house you're going to church yeah. you know even they lived in our home when they were in college we still went to church yeah. you know uh, and so it's just something that we do by our actions but I can't tell Tucker go to church and and, and read your Magnificent and, and, and I have to do that by my actions yeah. you know like you said I, I read the Bible I had one of my cl clients challenge me to read the Bible every day and so I said yeah I'll do that mm -hmm. ironically he was probably 10 years old he started reading the Bible every day too nice and so it's, nice. I didn't say hey Tucker I'm gonna start reading the Bible you should too yeah I did it and he just watched me do it every night in bed and he started doing it himself yeah so it's our actions day after day after day that influence our children good or bad yeah exactly very good all right Tucker anything else you want to add to that or should we go <laughs> to the next question we can move on <laughs> okay all right so so how important is it to incorporate prayer into the family and how do you how do you do that and and we'll take answers from both of you on that so you know incorporating prayer into the family <laughs> this is a good one um I think the easiest thing is is meals. Um, we we eat together so often, and we we sit around the table, and um, even our our one year old will just uh, flop his hands on his on his tray, ready to go, you know. And yeah. and he's he's doing this little sign of the cross that doesn't quite work yet, you know. It's yeah. it's beautiful to see him just go. Oh yeah, it's time to pray over our food, and yeah. so it's a uh, it's it's beautiful to see it just. 
uh, almost like osmosis. It, yeah. you're, you're just absorbing it in. Yeah. Um, and then as I talked about earlier, those dirt road conversations and, and the drive time that we have uh, living out in the country affords us enough time to say a decade of the rosary a lot of times mm-hmm. to and from uh, town. And uh, last week we were actually all in a, a vehicle. My dad was driving and my mom was sitting in the back seat with my son on the way to a, a traveling baseball team or a game. And, and uh, we were going to say a, a rosary on the way. Mm-hmm. And it was early in the morning. Uh, Six in the morning. Yeah. God, God bless my son. He was struggling to, to wake up and, and get to moving. And, yeah. and uh, we had to coerce him a little bit, but he, he led a decade for us. And nice. uh, it's... It was a little bit uh, bumpy going there for a minute, but uh, uh, he figured it out and he led us in a decade of the rosary. And so it's just those little things uh, day to day that uh, reinforce it over and over to to get there, um, not forcing them into prayer, but showing them by our actions that, that we do this and eventually you will too. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And uh, Dad, which one you went? Well, what do you want? Co- a couple things, yeah. and, and one of the things that we've always done, and I noticed when, and we get Tucker's children every Friday evening for a sleepover, when it, when it's allowed that we don't have things going on, but and, and every night as, as we read stories to them, we shut out the lights and, and and we pray with them. We prayed with our children every night in bed, and obviously Tucker and Jill pray with their children every night in bed, and I know Maddie and Ryan do with their daughter and, and so we do also in there so one of those things that just got passed on you know that we just say prayers before we go to sleep yeah. um, and then as Tucker was talking about the rosary um, going back to Sue's mother um, it's interesting because when my mom my mom was 10 years younger than Sue's mom and um, but when my mom's health started failing her and, and she had to uh, move into an assisted living she had a lot of uh, things uh, special or a precious moment figurines and and just a lot of things that she bought through her lifetime mm-hmm. and it was intriguing because Sue's mom um, she was almost constantly saying the rosary um, you didn't know it but she was doing it. in fact mm-hmm. when she lived with us the last six and a half years of her life uh, one of those years was on oxygen and, and Sue walked in the bedroom one day and, and she said, Mom, what are you doing? And she was saying the rosary and she was using her oxygen hose mm. as she thought it was a rosary. Mm. She didn't realize it wasn't a rosary. Mm. And when we cleaned her, mo- her mom's house out after she passed, um, we found over 100 rosaries in her house. Wow. And she never asked me to say a rosary with her. She never said, why are you not praying the rosary every day? But uh, just – and it's – probably been in the last four or five years that I started praying the rosary and now I try to say one every day yeah. um, I get it accomplished most of the time if I get to take a walk or you know I have something to do or like Tucker says the, the drive usually I can get almost a rosary done from our house to town yeah we live far enough out so just the little things that were demonstrated to us you know by the actions of, of my wife's family has made that big difference and so it's just intriguing um, and I'll be interested to see when our you know when our grandchildren's focus changes from you know me to you know more of the church and I know it will just because of the influence of, of their parents of, of Tucker and Jill and Maddie and Ryan how involved they are in the church and things and so I think it's just the the cons- the consistency of seeing that over and over again by a parent or a grandparent that influences those children and grandchildren without saying, oh, you need to do this, sit down and say a rosary or sit down and say a prayer. No, let's go do it together and it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. 
such an important subject that we have going on here. Um, so can you explain how faith is like glue that holds the family together? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm. We mentioned that, uh, that Sperry started serving recently, and I think a lot of that is um, – you know, we gave her the option if she wants to. It's not like we're forcing her to do it, but I'm really glad that she um, voluntold her. You know, we voluntold her to to do this, and um, I think a little bit is competition with her and her brother because we said, "Hey, you know, Tracer is going to be old enough to do that too, so you're you're going to need to show him how." And so she didn't want him to kind of surpass her, but um, it it's kind of cool how the whole family is is participating in mass and they they see me read and they see my wife and I uh, be Eucharistic ministers and so they're being left behind in the pew with grandma and grandpa to uh, fend for themselves and they're going well I see mom and dad uh, help with mass and and actually I think one of Sperry's first two times she served I served with her um, I've I've got a little bit of experience in that area and so um, it was it was fun to be able to to put on the cassock again as I have so many times and yeah. and walk her through that and so uh, I remember listening to uh, Dave Ramsey many years ago and he had had such a, a wise way of of putting it in that um, this is what the malls do. Uh, there's no argument. There's no, well, I don't want to do that. Well, you know what? Sometimes I don't want to either, but it's just built in our DNA. That's what the malls do. And so if we don't do that, then it's out of character for us. And so he was talking, of course, about being in debt or financial freedom and and things like that. But as I was listening to that, I thought that's such a a good way of wording. Um, There there are times in our lives that I don't want to do a workout. I don't want to eat well. I don't want to do those things, but that's how we are. That's what the malls do, and that's what's expected. That's what I've started to expect out of myself, and that's what others expect from us. And so it's just it's already written. So just, just fall into line and, and make life easy for everyone else. Yeah, excellent. Love that. Yeah, and it really is. You know, it's a matter of making it a priority. This is our priority, right? This is what we're going to do. This is our priority. And as long as you're living in this house, this is the way it is. You know, that's that's it. We do we do so much together as a family that when we aren't together as a family, it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. And this past weekend, we had to split up. My my son played in Great Bend uh, for baseball. My daughter was staying here. And and she said, Dad, um, are we going to Mass? I said, honey, it's Sunday. Do we ever miss Mass on Sunday? She goes, no. I'm like, well, (laughs) it's not happening this Sunday either. And she's like, well, where are you going? I'm like, there there's churches in Great Bend. We'll, we'll make one of those. And she's like, well, what about me? I'm like, well, mom's here with you. She'll take care of you. No, you know, we'll get you there. She's worried about you. That's awesome. But her, she has the attitude of expectancy that dad talked about earlier. She's expecting blessings. She's expecting to go to mass. She just wants to know the answer of when, where, how is this going to work? Unfortunately, over the past week we've been battling some sicknesses and things like that that have also thrown some wrenches in things that are 
cause some unusual splitting up in time and all that jazz. But that's uh, those young kids are don't understand what uh, what's going on. Yeah. Okay, so some faith traditions. What faith traditions did you receive that you are passing on? And tell us if your family has created any new traditions. I'd love to do a whole show on traditions one time. It's such a blessing to to have those traditions. So who do we want to start with? Okay, Jim. I I think, um, and the percentages you were just talking about just blow me away. Yeah. But I, and it shouldn't even be a tradition. As Tucker says, it's just what the malls do is you attend, you attend church every weekend. Yeah. You know, we used to do it on Sunday every once in a while. Our schedule makes us do it on a Saturday. Um, but you attend church every Sunday. It's not an option. We're going to church. But I will throw my mom a bone. She's, you know, she's deceased. Uh, but anyway, something that she told my wife uh, when we were getting married is she said close your kitchen on Sundays mm. my mom cooked big meals every Sunday and so we'd go to church and she'd start worrying about the roast getting burned mm. or you know something he overcooked and then she said so I cooked all morning we'd go to church I'd come home serve the meal and I would clean up all afternoon she said I just worked all day Sunday and she said close your kitchen mm. on Sunday and we did that and so we started a tradition that we go to church every Sunday and then we go to either breakfast or lunch whatever mm-hmm. it may be and so that and but uniquely again in the beginning it was Sue and her mom and me, and then obviously we added Tucker and we added Madison and we you know we added their spouses now we and now we go to a restaurant it's in fact we've stopped going to restaurants now we go to our home a lot of times because we can't get a table in a restaurant big enough for all of us, or it takes so long the little ones are ready to burn the place down you know so but it's still something that we do that's a tradition that holds us together and it's so important you know we've lost the supper table. You know, when I was growing up uh, back in the 60s and 70s, we ate supper every night as a family, you know, and then we washed dishes with our parents or our siblings. We didn't have a dishwasher. And so we had that together time. We've lost that. Um, So attend church every Sunday and and do something special with your family. And the other thing that as as I've gotten into retirement, I realize now why God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Because it's interesting now as I sit in Mass, thinking, I got nothing to do the rest of the day. I don't care how long this takes. I don't care. You know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what goes on on Sundays now because I don't have anything to do the next day or the next day that I'm scared. So I get, and so now I realize why God said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Don't work. Don't be busy. Don't do things. Just hang out with your family. Go to church. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with your family. And that's the greatest tradition you can do is just time with your family together. Yeah. Agreed. Tucker? We started uh, doing something on Christmas morning uh, because as you have a family, we thought, you know, Christmas is such a special time. Um, and so I said, what's what's something that we can do on Christmas morning that will that everybody opens presents? Yeah, everybody goes to mass on Christmas. But what do we do on Christmas morning? And so I said, let's let's have cake for breakfast. Um, and so we started making a dessert uh, for for breakfast as we're opening presents and getting going for Christmas morning. And so uh, I think that's something that my wife and I, uh, and it's not always the same, but it um, sometimes it's honey cake, sometimes it's 
um, monkey bread. Um, and then my wife and I have champagne too. Um, mm. Sometimes the kids have that fake bubbly yeah. uh, grape juice or whatever and uh, to go with their, uh, but this is not something we do every day, you yeah, know, but yeah. Christmas is, is cake for breakfast. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's uh, usually, and I'm sure this will um, change over the years because I'd like to go to midnight mass or something like that. But mm-hmm. with, with young kids, it's probably not a good idea. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but for now we're, we go to the, uh, the Saturday or the, the night before mass for Christmas. And then we have cake for breakfast. Excellent. Well, <laughs> and you can take it a step further and you can put some birthday candles there in there mm-hmm. and you can sing happy birthday, Jesus. Absolutely. How cool is that? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. That's, that's part of it too. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We only have about five minutes left with Jim and Tucker Mall handing on the faith. So, um, hmm, I'm reading both of these. So, so, um, suggestions for, for, um, well, there's the saying, Herman Physical Therapy, an underwriter, has pasted on their wall. It says, no God, no peace. Um, and that's N-O, God, N-O, peace. And then K-N-O-W, God, K-N-O-W, peace. No God, no peace, no God, no peace. How is this true in family life? You know, this is on uh, somebody's barn on I-70. It is. Heading, heading east. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, my dad and I both worked in Topeka uh, for the same reason, for the same job. And, and obviously this family also truly believes that this is a, a, a tenant of their faith, that they want to plaster it on, on I-70. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's so, so true, especially when you look at society today, is, is how much turmoil and, and what whatever the opposite word of peace is, is because we've forgotten about God. We've taken him out of schools and we've taken him out of the Pledge of Allegiance and they're trying to take it off of our money. And and every step we get closer to removing God from our lives creates unrest. And and if we can just... I, I. I was on Twitter the other day, and it, and it was a, such a good question of what's what's an old tradition that we've forgotten about that that needs to be put back into our society, and it's such a good question, and and to see everyone's answers of of dressing better in public and not being so sloppy, and and my comment was being in mass on sun, every single weekend, mm-hmm. and um, just to see the different responses of you know, marriages for life, just, mm. so there, there is hope out there. There is people yeah. who, who do still have God in their lives. And, and so it, it gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah. We have three minutes. Jim. Oh, I, I can talk for three minutes. No, yeah. <laughs> the only, I would go back. The, the one question has is what suggestions do we have to incorporate God into their daily lives and daily living? Um, gosh, Everybody's taking your kids somewhere, it seems like, and pray a rosary on your way to anywhere. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's too long. I just started, I just did a Divine Mercy chap. I, I'd never done one before. I started it uh, right before Divine Mercy Sunday, so I did the nine-day novena, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it. You, I can do it in five minutes. It yeah. is so cool. So, you know, if it's a quick drive, do a Divine Mercy chaplet. But one thing about, you know, doing this with your children in your vehicle, they can't be fighting while they're praying. They can't be arguing. Mm-hmm. They can be bumping shoulders and stuff, but, you know, just... Pray with your children mm-hmm. daily, and, and things will be so much different. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, my kids figured out pretty quick, you know, when, when they were arguing in the back, I would say, okay, time for a rosary. Mm -hmm. They figured that out pretty quick. So we yeah. had a lot less fighting if they didn't want to pray a rosary, sure. right? Some of them wanted to pray a rosary. Um, others didn't. I could tell you all kinds of funny stories, but, but uh, you know, it just, um, you know, really, really incorporating that and, and uh making it a part of your life and then passing it on to your kids. You guys are, are uh, giving us lots of good ideas. So, so thank you for that. We've been talking with Jim and Tucker Mall. We have one minute, but we'd like to say a prayer. Right now, let's pray a glory be, and, and we want to say a huge thank you to Jim and Tucker Mall um, for talking about handing on the faith. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to One Body, stewarding God's creation. Heaven is unseen, but so are these airwaves. If you can support these airwaves and help save souls for heaven, go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate where your donation will be seen and appreciated. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.